You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With the pump fake and a one dribble inside to the long two, and he makes it. That's been his game his whole career. But look at him smiling. We go. My man. another episode of the log two i am pete rogers he is natty wallach and we are camillo stanthony podcast that occasionally talks fantasy basketball natty we've been normally coming to people uh during this playoff stretch on tuesdays but i have to say i'm pretty glad we waited till wednesday to record this show because holy crap Kyrie stopped lucky the leprechaun so hard danny age fell out of the celtics slow news day yeah here, here I was thinking that that the uh, the Nets, you know, going winning the series four to one and moving on to the Eastern Conference or Eastern Conference divisional round, whatever, uh, against the Bucks was going to be the you know the storyline, and maybe the Celtics' offseason was going to start slowly, and there was going to be a lot of discussion about Kemba and, and all of these pieces, and what do they do now next? And what do you know? Within like what? 10 hours, if even, uh, Danny Ainge has retired, quote unquote. Brad Stevens is now getting promoted to head of basketball operations and the Celtics are looking for a new head coach. You know, I gotta say, I feel like this happened because of Ainge's comments about I kind of think no so racism. Too. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I haven't I'm seen like, anything like that in Boston. I'm like, I was telling all my friends this when we were talking about it. I'm like, I'm kind of okay with this. Like I'm kind of okay with uh, with Danny Age moving on, and you know, I, I know I know Stephen A. Smith had some hot takes uh, about, and rightfully so, that like the fact that Brad Stevens gets this promotion despite having no real credentials as a GM, head of operations guy, uh, you know, without having an you know, it's an in-house interview promotion, and and you know, white guy gets promoted by white guy, like obviously not great but i i like brad stevens i think brad stevens could do this and you have you said this in in our in our slack channel like i have a lot of coaching candidates in my head but i do think you're ultimately right and you can look at this with all the names that have currently been dropped for uh in connection with possible celtics head coaches like i think the celtics are going they need to hire a black head coach in order to kind of like keep this Seemingly, seemingly the the management uh, butted heads, or or there was some sort of tension, drama, something with the, with the team throughout the season, and that is kind of ultimately led to this rearrangement. And it seems like the rearrange, the ultimate conclusion from those steps is going to be making sure that this team is in the hands of someone who can not only lead this locker room, but also, but just like that, the players, specifically Tatum and Brown, uh, can like fully support and get behind. They have to hire a black coach. They have so, to. Can I tell you my one my one alternate option other than a black head coach? Sure. I want Becky Hammond. Oh, okay. Can I um, can I can I get your support for that? I mean, I I support hiring women, but this is the Celtics and their basketball director just said that he has never encountered racism in Boston and in the Celtics organization or in the fan base. And that is at best tone deaf and at worst an indication that uh, something stinks in the state of Denmark. I don't, I, the Stevens thing, it seems like that was part of the plan. uh, It does does seem like they had seem like it was in the cards. I also feel like Ainge could have gotten fired, even if he hadn't said any of that. Like if, if nothing had happened, uh, you know, they could have been like, cool, uh, we have these two guys and it just seems like that's our ceiling right now because everything you do is not working out great. Um, Ainge 
you just <laughs> you cannot say something like that. You oh, can we also talk about how beautifully scripted it is? How, how the jokes how the jokes write themselves that Danny Ainge is like in contact with the Utah Jazz to go join their their team as management. Dude, it's like you I mean, I don't want to get too upset about it because whatever. Um, I mean, but, we can get upset about it. His his statement was completely tone deaf and not at all true. Like Marcus Smart has been on record multiple times with racial interactions that he has had with Boston fans, and just and it is it is a it is not uh, hard to find stories of black players in Boston having issues and, and being racially, you know. Uh, having bad inner uh, bad relations that's the right wrong word but bad conversations inner i don't know what i'm trying to say but like not having good contact with the fans like that is you don't need to look hard to find instances of that so danny ainge coming out and as right as you said like the president of the the celtics being like well i've never experienced that i haven't heard anyone say it. it's wildly tone deaf it's terrible it was not a good look and i am again like a hundred percent I do think you're right that this was kind of this, that, that move was like a big, like the Celtics brass Wes was like the owner was like, all right, this guy clearly is no longer like he needs to be phased out with this team is le- being led by Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, who is like so on the forefront of the racial movement in the NBA and is such an advocate for, um, for you know uh, uh for racial equality and equity uh and that those kinds of comments coming from your head of of management is no longer acceptable so i think that we can totally uh, get upset with what what age said stevens seems to be really well liked by brown and tatum like from what i've read and yeah. uh heard i mean listened to on pods it seems like they backed him all year that they really like him so i don't think that the ownership would have installed him as the successor to Ainge if they didn't have the support of jalen and jason as well they should these two guys are under contract but we've seen that doesn't fucking matter if they hire another white coach maybe not a white man, but if they hire a white man, I really feel like that it's a significant slap in the totally. face to their best players. Yeah. Um, it is unbelievable that someone would say that what Ainge said in this day and in any day and age, but like, you've got to be out of your goddamn fucking mind. Like when he said, I was like, Oh, you want to get fired. You're done. hundred oh, percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, having said all that, (laughs) I feel like Boston has a really good high floor and their ceiling could be sky high as well. Like, I don't think this is, you're coming, the new coach is coming into a bad job. I think it's a really good job. And so I am excited to see who they can get. I mean, we were joking around on Slack, like call Garnett, you know, um, call Billups. They brought in Kevin Garnett to be their head coach. I I would lose my mind. That would just be and absolutely incredible. Everybody, yeah, of course. Everybody would be so excited just to see what it would be like for KG to be on, you know, the side of the court. Oh my god, like, it would just be it would be absurd. But would he Wonderful. turn into one of those like ex warrior present calm commander? You know, like maybe he'd be like, "No, it's not my job to get hyped up. It's my job to coach." these players and so i try to keep an even keel which is still fine like i i mean i think he would i there's no way there's no way kg would be able to keep his shit like retain quiet and controlled on the sideline when you know tatum gets just a bullshit foul call on him there's no way kg would be able to keep it together i mean i agree with you but sometimes uh people you know change depending on what their position is uh you know like I'm sure KG isn't like that as a father, you know, <laughs> like, probably, or maybe he is. Like, and he's just an absurd, an, an absurd, uh, an absurd father. But regardless, there's plenty of extremely worthy and interesting and fun uh, people out there who can take this job, who can 
not manage, but like help Jalen and Jason progress. Um, And this is a team that should expect to make the second round of the playoffs next year. I think if everything had gone right this year and Kemba was healthy and, and, you know, Jalen was playing like that's, I think a legitimate aspiration for this team, second round or better. Um, So, I mean, the Kemba thing is rough because it really just doesn't seem like there's a good trade out there right. for the Celtics. And if that's true, like, are, do you just want to trade him to trade him? Like maybe uh, again, they like might have to short do. off season. So yeah, maybe like a lot of rests for Kemba is the best thing. Maybe he can transition to, you know, coming off the bench sometimes may, or, you know, they load manage him, do something. I like, I wouldn't just trade him for garbage, but no, it is, it's tough when you have a dude that you start during the regular season and then can't really play during the playoffs. I mean, we, and we are seeing it with Montrez Harrell too, like yep. 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 the year and he can't get on the court unless it's a blowout, which maybe comes down to coaching. Not great. Yeah. But yeah. Like Kemba healthy Kemba from three years ago was one of the best things to watch in the NBA. And, I'm and we really had a flash of it in April. There was like that stretch yes. of April oh. where he was healthy and he looked great. And it's just that his knees, his knees are just chronically deteriorating. And, you know, he, he tweaked them again and it's been the story through the playoffs and it's just, they, that's why they did the back-to-back setting him back-to-back to keep him healthy for the playoffs, which, We'll touch on it a little bit later, but like maybe the Sixers need to start employing that with Joel because God damn, man, that guy has talk about just awful luck and in injuries. Uh, and that team is not really built to to survive without him. Um, let me give you my, let me give you, I already gave you Becky Hammond, who's like my person. I have my two top options are Becky Hammond and then Chauncey Billups. Bring Chauncey Billups back to the Celtics to coach this team. I think uh, that one I'm, I'm, well, those are the two people who I would love to see uh, the Celtics go out and get as their as their next head coach. There's a bunch of other options. Jason Kidd is like five to one odds, which please shoot me now. Like let's burn the garden down if Jason Kidd is being brought back to give another head coaching job. Uh, not not a fan of that. Yeah, he's had chances and Plenty it doesn't of really seem like anybody has been willing to. Uh, give him the rain. I mean, like that's what happens when you sort of fuck a team to get to another team. You know, people right. are a little bit skeptical. Um, like this is a team that needs complementary pieces around their two stars. So it sort of feels like it is an easier job as a coach. Like you're just trying to find like a point guard who can defend and play. Sorry, not a dig, but you know, like, no, that's, that's no, that's true. Yeah. Uh, The front court is an interesting question because of course, Rob, Bob, Bill is there, the clock blocker, uh, which is great. I I feel like, you know, a nice stretch four is sort of called for, you know, Um, those guys are hard to find, especially ones that can defend, but uh, you know, you, I, I think you would like a little bit more height on the team, like usable height on the team, but you know, time Lord should be starting next year. Like that should be it. If you don't trade Marcus smart, you should have four of your starters, which that's a big question though, for Brad, that's going to be his like first question is an ops guys. I was talking with friends about this. It's like, do you, do you bank on Rob Williams, the, the, the clock blocker, the time Lord, because his plus minus is absurd. The Celtics line is so like, they're just, their starting lineup is so good when he's on the court, but his, his, he does have just this kind of chronic nagging injuries. And so the question is, is like, are you going, do you sell him on this high potential and hope, and you think that maybe those injuries won't ever go away or do you keep him around knowing that he's going to get, you know, he's going to get a deal pretty soon and by, you know, banking on that upside and hoping that these freak injuries. Personally, I hope that they bank on him because he has been so good for them. But it's hard to ignore the fact that, like this, the Celtics team is has long been uh, cursed with players just getting pretty constantly injured at very inopportune moments. Uh, and uh, and I, I'm not sure if they want to sign on to uh, 
one of their most like having a key fundamental piece of this team for the future being a guy who's already shown a a track record of of not having the best injury record. The number of real bigs in the NBA that were healthy all or most of the season is I don't know four or five. You know, like those are scientific numbers that Natty is bringing up right now. Right, just a couple few. You know. yeah, it that's is, fair. That's a good point. Bear. Like that's that's been part of the NBA for a while. When you're that yeah. fucking big, Giannis made it the whole year. Like your body has to fit because you're putting so much pressure and wear and tear on your lower body. It's just so much weight and so much force. And you know, like when your feet go, that's really not a good sign. It's tough to stay healthy as a big. So I think it behooves teams to have like an increase in center rotation, you know, not just load management, but like, all right, man, those were 25 seriously hard minutes the other night. We're, we're just going to take it easy. Like you'll still start, but we're not going to play the whole game. uh, And we're not going to ask you to get yourself beat up, but these big, you know, like the bigs that are healthy in the playoffs, like Deandre Ayton, you know, Uh like they're really Uh making an impact. Uh, Yeah. Rob did when he was on the court. Absolutely. So it's like, do you want to bank on him? No, because you know that you can't bank on bigs. You cannot depend on their health and availability, especially in the playoffs after playing through a long, grueling season. So you want to have backups. Um, You know, it's like someone like Rolo has been great for the Wizards under certain situations. And it's like, you could have had that dude for nothing. Yeah. Uh, because yeah, his hook shot was just suddenly unstoppable. Yeah, he looked like a top five player in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> but like 3J, you know, like he's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. what, this is his third year and he's gone through injury. Like bigs get injured. They yeah. they just do. And it seems like they always will. Shit, Chris stops. So it's like these shorter centers that are like 6'9", 6'10", like beef stew. Like it seems like they're a little bit more dependable. Um, all these dudes are also super young, so they're still sort of growing into their bodies and their NBA, uh, you know, fit to the extreme, all sorts of muscle, which is heavier, um, elite physique. So like a dude like Jared Allen, who like Kevin Durant doesn't seem like super muscular, but that's okay because he's strong within his body. He doesn't need to be Mr. Muscle Man. And it's probably better that he doesn't because, the more oh, weight you're you carrying on. around a bunch of extra weight, right? It's not great for your joints. Yeah. And you want to be able to actually run the fucking court. Remember fat joker when it was like, he's sweating oh. after I mean, it was, seconds. It was wonderful to watch. It was hilarious to watch right. as he was talking about how he just chugged beer and smoked cigs in the off season. But yes, yes. Now, now like fit joker is fit joker versus fit dame has been wonderful to watch. Let the record show. It's just a reality you have to incorporate into how you structure your team. And so while I'm obviously with you on clock blockers team, you you need actual depth there because you just can't, you know, like Brooke Lopez made it through the whole year, I think, without getting injured. Like, come on, that's not generally going to happen. Yeah. Um, I really think, though, that like you need an upgrade in the backcourt and it feels super tough to find to figure out who that, that is one player or that two play. Yeah. I, I mean, cause looking around, you're like in a vacuum for this team, would you rather have Kemba or Rubio? I would rather Rubio. So would I, but I mean, you know, it's goes, this goes to my, like I'm setting up a prayer circle for Lonzo. That's my dream. That's what I want. Give me Lonzo. I, I think he's rising on people's target lists because he should be why shouldn't like the lakers should be like hey maybe you want to come home (laughs) yeah well um that would be upsetting yeah i mean any team like i mean he he put it together uh on the second half of last season or this past season he's always been a great facilitator we know that he he's big enough to play defense um and he's tuned in there when he wants to be and uh and his weird his Future with the Pelicans seems wildly up in the air, which also doesn't. Dude, point Zion fucked Lonzo most of anyone because it's like, oh, now you're the distributor. Okay, what am I doing here? That's my that's my dream is is get give me. And his shot got better, and he's still super young. Like, why can't he get better? 
Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think Lonzo would fit really well in. Yeah, he'd be he'd be like a he would be a a three point shooting to a certain extent. uh, Rondo, which Coach Kevin Garnett is going to love that. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, shit! Why not Coach Rondo? Oh my god! Oh it, my god! It feels like he should be a coach. Oh, like it he does feel like, like he should be. A looks coach. good, in which is why that's why I'm that's why I'm on the Coach Chauncey Billup train, baby. Sure. I mean, go stuns forever, but that would be great. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm. It's it's weird. I feel a little optimistic, but I think it's just because I'm I I'm really dreading something awful. You know, like D'Antoni getting it or oh something like God. that. There there are like, some people on this. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah, there's some people on on the list of like uh, of you know odds odds list for the head job that are just like oh god no I don't I don't like this I don't like this in the slightest. Um, it'll be what exciting. if Boston was like let's trade for Doc and Simmons you no. get Kemba and Marcus. No, no. I know, but you'd no. love him when he was there. No. no, no, I wouldn't. I can't get over Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is shooting twenty five percent from the free throw line this series. But he did better in the last game. 25%, yeah, let, Daddy. Let's just go to that. Okay, so the Sixers, you love this, right? You're so happy. I, am, I mean, I'm never, I never, I am never happy to see a player get Officially. injured. <laughs> On the record, I hate players getting injured. Off the record, no. Um, like, it sucks. It absolutely sucks to watch, yeah. the, like, Joel Embiid. Anytime a player is playing elite top-notch basketball and it feels like everything is clicking for them and you're like, yes, especially when it's someone who's had injuries in the past or, or you know, has had to go through difficulties to, like, get their get the career going and the ball rolling, it sucks to see that get cut short. Um, but it's also exposing Ben Simmons for being a worse LaMelo ball. Speaking of ball brothers, like we all, I have been on this forever. It's just Ben Simmons cannot, you cannot build a team around Ben Simmons. If Ben Simmons can't shoot the fucking basketball, it just can't. And so losing, losing uh, Joel is going to be huge. Uh, What did the Sixers play tonight against the wizards? Yeah. Yeah. So the Sixers, what is that game six? Uh, no, that game five. Game so five. Philly's up three one. Uh, Embiid tore his meniscus. If anybody listening, a slight tear, a slight tear. A, he's slight tear. He's day to day technically. So, but yeah, but, but like that's being, like a slight tear for him is probably like my leg got. Oh yeah. <laughs> like yes, my my leg is currently just dangling off of my knee. If I had a slight, yeah. Um, yeah, and they and play the then night. they're not doing surgery right away. They're going to see if treatment can get him back for game six. If there is, I mean, there shouldn't be like, I mean, I love Russell Westbrook. I love Bradley Beal. I love, I love this wizards team take, putting it to the, uh, put to the Sixers, but like there's, there shouldn't be, the Sixers should win tonight. Then they should go on. And then, Oh, the Hawks and Knicks also play tonight and the Hawks should win that too. That's the thing. A Sixers team without Embiid can definitely lose to the Atlanta Hawks. Oh, yes, it can. For sure. Yes. A hundred percent. And so that's where you get worried if you're a Sixers fan is you get worried about like even a hobbled and beat against their front court in Atlanta. That's not a foregone conclusion. But the th- and the thing is, is like, do you like, honestly, honestly, what you're hoping for, if you're a Sixers fan is you're hoping you win tonight and you're hoping that the Knicks suddenly get good again. And that game goes to seven. So you have as much time as possible to get and beat healthy. You hope maybe you can sneak one of the first two games without Embiid. So maybe you're one and one and and you're going to Atlanta and you can get Embiid back for that for game three. Like it's now the trajectory has changed a lot for the Sixers for a team that looked like they were going to cakewalk all the way to the Eastern Conference final, to be honest. But you're right, man. The way that the Heat, uh, the Hawks have been playing, like this Hawks team is is good now they they are shooting the ball lights out and they're gonna have they're going to be a formidable foe to put down if you don't have that joel's presence in the uh, in the paint if it ends up being nets hawks like the joe johnson oh my god (laughs) Nets hawks in the eastern conference finals who says no 
the thing about the throw Sixers, defense out the door, first team to 160 wins. Oh, yeah, they would have a gentleman's agreement beforehand. Like, uh, <laughs> no defense, right? Yeah, no, of course. Yes, yeah, no, no, of course, score, of course. You know, of course. no fighting points. over screens. Always go under the screen, and uh, and we'll just see who. And everybody eats. We're, we're and gonna everyone go eats. Games, yes, cash. we're all full tonight. It is a delicious meal. <laughs> uh, the Sixers. Let's say that. Let's just not consider Embiid because let's just talk about this game tonight. Let's say there's a Ben game, you know, like he has one sure. of his rare, but totally possible, you know, big games. He goes that, 20, he goes 2015, 10 or something like that. Sure. And it, it generally means I think that uh, he's dynamite in transition and he's doing some, you know, in the paint work. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The Wizards don't have a bad defense. Like this Wizards team is not the team from the first two months. They played pretty fucking well in order to get to this point. Uh, They do have centers that can at least harass dudes inside, which might hurt Ben. Rui Hachimura has been great. Uh, So him against Tobias is like, you know, not the worst thing in the world, even though Toby's been eating, but it could come down to how well the Sixers can defend the Wizards' backcourt. And, you know, you can always believe in a Beal game. You can always believe in a Westbrook game. But the Sixers just need one game. That's all right. they need. Right. And I believe that you can have a Ben game. You could have a Toby game. You could have a team game. Uh, or just an unlucky game by the Wizards. Like, they, they, they... They have to win this series. If they if they can't win this series, then I do think it's time to seriously consider trading Ben. But yeah, um, I also sort of feel like Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are better than Ben Simmons or anybody else on the Sixers. So yeah. why shouldn't they be able to mount at least an inter? I, I mean, they could just get blown out tonight, and we'd be like, oh uh, yeah, well you know. Well, we're covering all our bases here. We, we've already said that they will get blown out tonight. And now you're making the case for the Wizards to suddenly fight their way back into the series. Like Gafford and could the, have a huge game tonight. The Although, Sixers, like, the Sixers, Sixers lose. Dwight, it's like he's conditioned to just foul the shit out of people. Like, <laughs> how actually be able to play? Yeah. It's going to be. I don't know, man. Like, if, this, mean, if this series goes to 3-3, will you be shocked? I would be a little shocked. I think. I think if the if the Wizards won tonight, I would not be shocked. But then I think the I I would just be surprised if the Sixers let this. Or if, yeah, I said the Wizards. If the Sixers let this get to a game seven, that would be shocking for me. Because on the other side of it, you're gonna have the Bucks and the Nets, which really should be the Eastern Conference Finals. And it's upsetting that it's not. But damn it, the Bucks. Good call. You were the one. Let Let's put credit where credit's due. You had what last week we were talking about our round one predictions and round one thoughts. You had the Bucks sweeping the Heat. I thought the Heat were going to get back into it and win a couple more games. Nope, the Heat fucking suck outside of the bubble. Who knew? Uh, and the Milwaukee Bucks just absolutely took them to task, tossed them aside. Drew Holiday still holding down the title of best free agent signing of the year. Uh, and now it's going to be Drew Holiday chasing Kyrie all over the court. Giannis versus KD. Um, and someone versus Harden, Chris Middleton, I guess, versus Harden. Like it's, it is going to be a phenomenal series because while the Nets showed that they're all, like those top three guys, the Nets, they could put up stupid numbers with the best of them. We saw that against the Celtics. 
But the Celtics had just Tate, Jason Tatum to worry about. And Jason Tatum took them to test. Like he carried the Celtics to a, whatever, a game three win. Uh, no, game four win, sorry. Uh, carried the Celtics to a game four win. Uh, and then uh, put up 40 against the Nets when they lost in, the, in game five. And now you're facing Giannis. And so like that's, you're facing Giannis. You're facing Chris Middleton. You're facing Drew Holiday. You're facing Brooke Lopez. You're facing this uh, Bucks team that has been playing lights out and, and it has this core group of guys who've been playing together for like five years together. Whereas the Nets have been played, have played like what, 60 games together, maybe. Um, it's going to be, I'm excited for this series. There is a terrible NBA part of me that hopes this series is Brolo versus DeAndre Jordan. Oh, give <laughs> it to me. Just like, give it to me. Ruling black and blue slow. <laughs> you know, like not, no one's enjoying themselves. It fucking sucks. They should have had an EF and it, like ratings plummet because it's like, what the fuck is this shit? I thought it was because. Every game is every game is like ninety to ninety five, and suddenly these you know post match post game slugfest as opposed to this uh, you know elite passing the ball around the court and hitting all kinds of crazy open jumpers because you can't switch onto anyone. The fact that Milwaukee has one of the only players alive who you can sort of put on Kevin Durant is uh, getting undersold, I think, mm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the the lack of recognition that Chris Middleton gets is it's not preposterous, but it's like, this dude is so fucking good and no one knows about it. Um, him on, you know, whoever they're going to put him on. Like I could, it, it's going to be interesting because the starting fives are sort of going to make, you know, there's going to be like a lot of back and forth coaching. I think there's going to be a lot of coaching in this series as they go for matchups and see what works and what doesn't. Um, Drew versus Kyrie is just going to be some of the fucking sickest, most awesome basketball we've seen in a while, I think. Yeah. Because Kyrie and that slick Star Trek fast handle are against Drew, one of, you know, the best defenders is going to be really interesting i think and a hell of a lot of fun there's going to be a kevin durant game there's going to be a james harden game and there's going to be a Kyrie game there will also be at least one Giannis game so if Giannis is like mvp Giannis. And Drew and Chris really are, you know, so complimentary and so such good defensive matchups for Harden and for Kyrie. I can definitely see Milwaukee taking the series. Like they just seem to be able to, no one can negate Kevin Durant. No one can negate James Harden. When Kyrie's at his best, no one can negate him. But the Bucs can do two-way play and the Nets can't do that as much. So even though they have all the firepower in the world and my God, Brooklyn Joe, there will be a Brooklyn Joe game. Maybe Brooklyn Love Joe it. is the one who wins the series. Oh my um, God. We can only hope and pray. Like, you know, Bruce Brown might end up being pretty important. Um, and then Bryn Forbes, if he keeps shooting so well, like losing defense sort of sucks for Milwaukee. Uh, but I do so- sort of feel like PJ Tucker would have been playing more in this series anyway. And by the way, the Bucks could just start Giannis and PJ and like PJ versus Harden. I don't think we've talked about that. Yeah. PJ Tucker might not have great feelings towards James Harden. <laughs> it's possible. This is true. He's a little pissed off. Uh, I am really hoping that he just plays fucking nasty. And I am excited for this series because I'm not a huge believer in coach bud, but also Nash is a first year coach. Mm. I believe in Durant. Hey man, coach bud has learned how to change. That's a big step. Yeah. Yeah. And they just demolished the heat in ways that were reminiscent of Jordan finally getting over the Pistons. Mm, Yes. Very true. This could be the Giannis here, you know, doesn't it feel like that way? It sort of does. It really it does, does, especially with Embiid going down, and and I and like the Nets thing is it, the Nets feel very, you know, early heatles, 
where it's like it takes totally. a couple years for them to figure out exactly how, i mean they're all terrific and like the the celtics weren't a real competition so they could have the, yeah, them no. blowing through there it's like makes a ton of sense but they do feel like a team that maybe when pushed to the wall like do they break and then on the west side the West is just every team beating the living shit out of each other. I mean, all of these series, except for, except, except for, for the, the jazz. And the I Grizz. know, I know really upsetting. God, if only the warriors were there to just take the jazz out of their misery. Oh, or fuck I would know I've been enjoying it. No, fuck, fuck the been, warriors. It's been it's fun. Been, watching it's, been Grizzlies. Good. it's just that it's they're been. a year early. That's right, all. Right. 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 Um, and yeah, so the jazz three, one, but everything else, Laker, the Clippers and Dallas, Dallas was up 2-0. The Clippers got back into that. Now that's tied at two and they're playing again tonight. Uh, Denver, Portland, Denver's up 3-2, but that, but Dame went absolutely ballistic last night. Anything can happen in that Double overtime to try to win that game. And then the Phoenix is up 3-2 and the Lakers got absolutely blown out in game five because AD went down. But up until that, that was like, the West is just, they are going to be banging bodies for the whole series. And so you like, I, you could see something where it's, if, if the bucks can handle the nets, like if they win in six, if they go four, two and you have the clipper or the, the Sixers limping their way past the Hawks or the Hawks, even taking down the, the, you know, more like Sixers. Yeah. I think the Hawks are the bucks. Like the Bucks are just going to plow through the Hawks. Like you can't tell me anyone on that team is going to guard Giannis, and and Drew Holiday is going to be in Trey Young's bag all day. Uh, and then you're just going to play a, a battered West. Like this, it has the feelings of a a Bucks year, and right and like and dutifully so because this team they recognize their flaws. They went out, they got Drew Holiday, which is a tremendous get. Bud has learned how to make adjustments. Giannis is like stepping past that wins multiple MVPs, but doesn't actually do anything in the playoffs, you know, kind of aura that haunts many a player. And, uh, and this, it feels like their year. If the Bucks play the Hawks in the Eastern conference finals, here's why the Bucks will win. Fuck Bogdan Bogdanovich. That's why. Oh my God, you're so right. Oh, there's so many good narratives too in the East. Yeah, I'm really hoping for Milwaukee, Atlanta. Um, it's funny that we're just dismissing Brooklyn, even though they have three Hall of Famers. They really have three, the yeah, first ballot world. Hall of Famers and three of the best, whatever, 10 totally. players in the NBA right now. But, you know, like we, we felt the same way. You're totally right about the Heat. Um, these are more mature players. Um, and everyone but Harden has been there. So they know what the, oh, I guess Nash hasn't been there. But you can just see how the matchups are not as bad between those two teams, Milwaukee and Brooklyn, as they are for most other teams. Right. But like right. they actually have someone they can put on Durant. And so I do, and we should recall that like Giannis was in the MVP conversation and should have been a legit candidate, except he'd won the previous two years. If he hadn't won the previous two years, I think he would have been the MVP. Yeah, I think Um, that is fair. And he's just at least one of the five best players in the playoffs this year. Totally. If he's the best, then I, why can't they win? So I, yeah, I'm, rooting even harder for the bucks fear the deer i think they look tremendous i don't think it's crazy to think that they can beat the brooklyn nets um and i also feel like the brooklyn nets are always an injury away from being you know powder puffs sort of like if yeah. one of the big three go down is that team really that good i mean maybe they are depending they're on still they're still down. good but they're but they certainly don't have the god tier that they can hit you know they don't have like harden becoming yeah Go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just saying they don't, you know, like the three of them averaging whatever is like 82 points during this series against the Celtics. Like that's absurd. They shot like 59, 59 and 90 in game five against the Celtics. And it's just like that kind of shit can't happen when you're, when one of them is missing. That's another reason why I think the Bucks could win pretty easily though. Cause it's like, they could just come in and punch the fucking sure. nuts. In the- Sure. Totally. Like, oh shit! Right, playoff basketball. Not that like the Bucks had a tremendous opponent in. I mean, the Celtics were the they the Nets struggled with the Celtics when Rob was on the court, 
and Giannis is a much better Rob <laughs> in terms of in terms of like you know guarding the rim and being a, a protector. Same with Brolo. Uh, so like the, you know there, there's a defensive force there that they're they're going to have to contend with that they're haven't seen yet. So it's it seems like we want to see the Bucks beat the Nets, even though the Nets in the finals versus you know like whoever would probably be incredible also like it's sort of weird to root against like the team with all the good players you know like not that oh, the bucks have what do you mean? it's so bucks, easy but it's, it's so easy to root against that team everyone did it nets. against the I'm heat i'm not hating on the nets i i have That's absolutely like fair. they're the best players and you know That's it's true. three dynamite players it's fun to watch them i understand why people don't like them uh it's natural to and they don't really lean into the bad guy stuff as no, much as they as should. much as Trey like Young, can we talk about Trey Young as oh. the perfect villain for the NBA Dude. right now? Like, don't Incredible. touch it to his family. Fuck you! Oh my god, yeah, absolutely amazing. Uh, I have two things I want to get to before we before we wrap yeah, it up, and one of them is about Trey Young. So it's a nice transition. But quickly, I wanted to say uh, I would like to take a previous statement that I had on this show and rescind it. Uh, I would like to rescind my support for Chauncey Billup as the Celtics' next head coach. I forgot, and I was uh, enlightened by my Twitter timeline. Uh, Chauncey Billups and Ron Mercer back in 97 were uh, accused of raping a woman in Antoine Walker's house and uh, settled that lawsuit out of court. So kind of okay with Chauncey Billups not uh, not coming back to Boston to be our head coach. Just wanted to, wanted to say that. Okay. Um, Recension acknowledged. Thank you. Thank you. So fully on the Becky Hammond train uh, or anyone else. I mean, Brad, do do the right thing. But talking about Trey Young and talking about one of the narratives of this playoff stretch so far that I feel like needs to be addressed. Kyrie addressed it. It led to the Danny Ainge comments. Uh, Hey, fans, I know it's been a year since we've been in the stands of an NBA game, but remember how to fucking act when you're in a uh, sports venue. Let's not spit on players. Let's not throw racial slurs and verbally verbally abuse uh, players' families when you're standing next to them in court. Let's not throw cups of water at players. Let's not dump popcorn on players when they walk off the court injured. Uh, let's just generally be enjoying our time. And let's, uh, if you want to heckle, there are many ways you can heckle without being racially abusive or verbally abusive or physically abusive to these players. Uh, in fact, that's a fun way to heckle is to find creative and fun things, uh, to say to a player that isn't rude or insulting, but, but, uh, still good at heckling. Like let's remember how to act, uh, because it has been wildly out of control during the playoffs. The NBA asks for it, man. In no other sport can you get that close to the f- to the field of play without some kind of barrier in between you and the players. You know, like, obviously in hockey, you're right up against the glass, but it's fucking plexiglass. You can bang right. on it as hard as you want. It's fine. You can't get out there. Um, the fact that a dude actually got on the court is pretty disturbing. And it's absurd. Real, real failure. Uh you know, I like fans are always like this. As a Pistons fan, you know, Malice in the Palace. I was going to say, I, when, I, I, like, the this is brewing. Like, this is brewing for Malice in the Palace, too. too. And it seems like the NBA and the teams are going to actually seek to prosecute these people, which is the thing you should do. If these people are going well, to fight jail time instead of just bans and how effective are bans, you know, maybe that changes things. But the thing that would really change things is if you took some of those high priced seats that are right there out of the proximity of players. And if you put more barriers in between, like there's no reason why you should be able to even get into a position where you can dump popcorn on someone's head as they walk into the tunnel, like just cover them, cover the tunnels. You don't fucking need that for the goddamn camera cover them. Don't even let it be an option there. The NBA asks for this in how they structure their arenas and how they conduct security. And the real simple solution is to make sure that these things can't even happen. That means or, making sure or that the you don't restrain players, but I don't want to see a play. Listen, violence. No, I know. I'm just kidding. 
traumatizes the person. Like, I don't want to see a player have to get into a fight when it's totally legitimate, by the way. And I absolutely fucking would too, but they don't want to get into a fight. They no. don't want to even be put in that position. It, no. The only reason the malice in the palace happened was because security didn't fucking shut it down immediately. Right. And that's I mean, because it was, people are Westbrook, so crowded together and so close. They didn't even get a chance. Yeah. When Westbrook got the popcorn dumped on him, if there, if he wasn't surrounded by a training team, like there were fans, there were Sixers fans were pointing at like they, everyone knew who was the culprit and Westbrook was going to like, Westbrook was ready to fight. He malice in the palace too was about to happen. If he wasn't surrounded by, uh, by other, you know, uh, by teams or by staff, if there weren't people restraining him, like that was, that was going to go down. And I will give credit, credit to where credit is due, like credit to the fans who do, first of all, respectfully watch this basket, watch the sport, but also like there have been, you know, fans have pointed out who these people are and they have all been found and they have all been prosecuted. Like they are all in the midst of doing that. So like, that is good that like, at least the people who are, who are doing these heinous acts are like actually being, uh, are charged and, and uh, retro, you know, they're getting their comeuppance, but uh, yeah, it, it is, it is absurd. It, it feels like uh feels like the general population needs to relearn how to like act in uh, in social settings after we've been stuck by ourselves in a room for a year and a half. The NBA had a chance to change how they set up their arenas it's after true. COVID and they chose not to, and they just depend on the owners and the arena operators to provide adequate security. And when they don't, you see shit like this, yeah. like are people I mean- going nuts after COVID? Yeah. You should have fucking expected that. How yeah. could you not anticipate something like that? So I like this is NBA front office failure as far as I'm concerned. And I, you know, like I am not surprised that stuff like this has happened. I am extremely surprised that they weren't prepared for it. This keeps happening in yeah. the playoff games. Especially the, the guy getting to the court. The guy getting Dude, to the court. Are you is kidding? Like, come on. How do you how do you how do you not have at least like five different security measures that that person bumps up against before they're able to get onto the court? Yeah, so, that's the first time I've ever seen that happen in a in a basketball game. It happens all the time in football, but I've never seen it in a basketball game before. Yeah, and in baseball, but you're also like jumping over like there isn't security on the field, you know, right. like right, 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 uh, or on the in baseball anyway. There's cops all over the place and on a football field, but they're also separated by big ass fucking walls and dozens of yards of space in between the benches and the, and the fans like football fans are separated from football players. The yeah. NBA should take a book from the NFL's page. And I hate fucking saying that because it's usually not true. Or just like, I mean, yeah, it, this feels like one of those instances where it's like the, the all encompassing phrase of like, this is why we can't have good things comes into play because I will say for my brother's wedding, I, as a wedding gift got, we got court size seats for the two of us. And it was amazing. Like it is a sporting experience. You cannot have anywhere other than in basketball. And it would suck for the, for the like, uh, repercussions of these dumbass fans who've just taken it upon themselves to ruin the sport for everyone, like that for the NF the NBA to be like, okay, we're going to take away courtside seats and we're going to you know push everyone back and we're going to put up berries. Like it would suck for that to be the response, uh, but it is. I mean, it is a response that if they did it, like yeah, if if it's for the safety of the players, I fully respect that because you would not like it if at your job someone came and just spat on you for what they thought you were doing a bad job at. But really, they that's spit on you because you're doing a good job at your job. Who spits on people? That is Who the spits on that's anyone? the most upsetting one oh to me because that's just, just like what worst. are you? What's wrong with you? Spitting? I don't on know some of the sh- some of the shit not, that. Some of the shit that was reported that was said to Jaws' parents was also just, like, absolutely awful. Yeah. Yeah. And I am also not surprised by that because this sort of shit has gone on in every fan base for all time. And recently, people have felt emboldened. So, yeah, fuck all those people. I, I hope they never have fun watching basketball ever again. And they probably Uh, don't to begin with. Go ahead. I just want to 
say a few, give you a few stats. Love it. Wrap us up with some stats, Natty. Okay. And we should talk about the Lakers real quick after this, but uh, Jazz versus Grizzlies. So whatever. I like both these teams, but the Jazz so far in the playoffs and obviously small sample size, but these numbers are still the numbers. They're fourth best in three point percentage. They were a great three point shooting team during the season. uh, 41% from three. They're number one in free throw attempts in the playoffs with the number four free throw percentage. You know, I love free throw percentage and free throw attempts in the playoffs. I do one like of your favorite stats. Absolutely important. So those are good signs. Meanwhile, the Grizzlies are 14th in three point percentage. So that's one of the reasons why they're down three one. Yep. Um, for Clippers Mavs, if Luca isn't right, then Dallas is absolutely done. no chance. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, yep. And then Suns Lakers. The Lakers are last in points per game in the playoffs so far. They have the second worst three-point percentage. They're shooting 30% from three in the playoffs. (laughs) Excuse me. (coughs) They're sixth in free throw attempts and 12th in free throw percentage. Not optimal optimal at all. And they have the second most turnovers per game. I love it. Shitty team without. I love it. This is how you defend your title in the real world. This is what the Lakers are in the real world. They're so thin when you get past AD, LeBron, and KCP. And yes, I'm putting KCP in there because they desperately need him uh, in order to- (laughs) Which is not a good thing. Yeah, yeah. This is what happens when you shop in the bargain bin. Sometimes you get cheap shit. This is is LeBron. This is the epitome. Outside of the Heatles, this is the epitome of a LeBron team. It's LeBron and his like one to two cohorts- and then bargain bin shopping from there on. And if LeBron is playing at LeBron levels and his cohort is playing at cohort levels, great. This team will be very hard to stop because LeBron is the best player of this generation. But if LeBron is banged up as he has started to be, and as he reaches his mid thirties, like late thirties and AD is, you know, whatever his injuries come into play. Suddenly you're relying on Kuzma, Andre Drummond uh they don't even play bald boy like they they don't even play there is a real real red flag around this team right now and it's an obvious one if your two best players aren't right then the rest of your team has absolutely no chance because it's not scrubs as much as it's just like players you were able to acquire like they shouldn't still have kuzma they should have figured out some sort of trade um harold signing you know like the clippers let him go for a reason and it's crazy that he can't even like get on the court for some of these games uh unless it's an absolute blowout and then schroeder went like oh for nine or something like he's he he's not good enough to be given the benefit of the doubt for dud games like if you just if you if he's not going to succeed when he has the opportunity to, then he's not worth keeping around. Um, so I, I I feel like this Lakers team is going to look pretty different next year, no matter what. And I also feel like all these injuries gives LeBron kind of a good excuse on top of the fact that they had no off season to rest. And, you know, LeBron gave it, it gave it his all, but like, yep, he's getting older and, you know, his co-star got injured and it's bad luck and it's happened before, blah, blah, blah. I don't think anyone's going to blame him too much if they don't advance. Is it embarrassing? Not really, because you have a Suns team that has looked dynamite and much better than any You should be embarrassed, Lakers fans. But like you said earlier, like with Embiid going out, like you can't hate on players getting injured. So you know, if we apply the same thing to AD, another big who's frequently injured, by the way, um, the Lakers just don't have it. You know, they don't have enough. DeAndre Ayton is playing better than anybody thought he would, I think. Um, and, you know, if CP3 is actually getting healthy, then watch out. This Suns team is definitely dangerous. But I also believe that LeBron kind of lives for these games. And so like he'll, he took a game off. Um, and then game six, he's, I believe the Lakers can win if he's just like, we're not losing. I still think he has that. So I do think there's going to be a game seven 
What do you think? I don't think so, but maybe there will be. I think that this, the Lakers team that I saw in game five was utterly demoralized without Anthony Davis. And can they come back from that? I'm sure. Yeah, totally. But do I like, am I putting confidence in that? I don't know. Yes. They had just had to pull it together for one more game in order to send it to seven. And that very well could happen. But I, 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 I just did what I saw out of that team. Game five was like, all right, they, they want this series to be done. LeBron's LeBron is exhausted. He is tapped out. He's put, you know, he, he doesn't have much more to put onto the court. And even if he does, are there realistically pieces around him that are going to be able to rise to the point where they can have a game that makes a difference? And the answer is no. Like who, who on that court are you confident in outside of LeBron having a game that makes a difference? Right. Who can have a series changing game? And it's, it doesn't really seem like, I mean, drum i mean what do you mean drum can do it I love you. I love you. i'm sorry this happened to you Super i will true. say this outside of that uh first heatles playoffs i don't think lebron's ever given up in the postseason has he like he's no. always had like at least one more spurt of like okay i'm just fucking taking this game over like he yeah. hasn't sort of, you know, like accepted defeat, even when they were getting demolished by Golden State that first year, he's like, no, we have the better team. Of course, we're going to win. I definitely believe this. So I don't think they're going to go quietly into that good night, or I don't think LeBron will. Uh, If he can play, I think he'll be at vintage-esque LeBron, um, because that just seems to be the way he's wired. Like that one which is great, but he's in Miami, needs, like you really need one really, more. You need one more person to make a difference. And who sure. on that roster is doing it? Yeah. Even if even but, if KCP was healthy, then that that would give me more confidence. But LeBron at what 90%, there's still no one on the Suns that can stop him, right? Sure, Once, but you let you let LeBron score 50. And I mean, we just saw it. We just saw it with the Nets. <laughs> the Nets let Tatum score 50 or 40. And we're like, okay, let someone else help beat them. I don't want to hate on the Lakers he, too much because I do feel like some of those players, like KCP is a good player. I, um, I like KCP. Schroeder is better than his last game. Um, I think the key is going to be Chris Paul's health. If Chris Paul is healthy and plays sure, game six, sure. I don't see the Lakers winning game six. If he's out, then I could see LeBron putting a LeBron. This team is on my back performance wins game six by a narrow margin and pushes it to game seven. I could see that. It is. It's good. It's really good series. The West is crazy, man. This is why this oh, is why yeah. this is the Bucks yeah. year. Yeah. I, that's the thing, right? Like you said, like everyone's going to kick the shit out of each other, but if Nets bucks is a fist fight that goes seven, then you know but still like a hobbled sixers versus an up-and-coming hawks team maybe i yeah i don't know it's uh the the bucks net seems like the eastern conference finals now with Embiid being injured um and then out west like even if the let's say the clippers go full Kawhi, full pg-13 and they look great i still feel like they don't match up well with milwaukee no, like there's this is it's Milwaukee's year. Believe it. I, Believe it, everyone. Because like the Clippers welcome it into your hearts. The Mavericks, the Mavericks don't play defense. They're they are not a defense team. So if they can't score and if Luca isn't right enough to help them score and if Kristaps, you know, doesn't have a Kristaps game or something like that, then, yeah, the Clippers should beat them handily. Like it shouldn't even be a fucking problem. So, I, but I, I just don't think that the Clippers look that great. I think they're thin too. Um, and then we haven't even really talked about Denver Portland because who the fuck knows what's going to happen. I hope they okay. both advance. <laughs> Destroy all precedent and let that yeah. happen. Let's, yeah. let's see that happen. Silver's just like, fuck it, man. We're, <laughs> we're going to see Dame and Joker again. Yeah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
Fuck you guys. I, I'm here for that as long as they replace the jazz. Uh, all right. Make sure you subscribe to the Fate Teams podcast wherever you get your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's how you'll not only get us, but also all the other podcast content coming out of Fate Teams. Follow us on Twitter at the Long Tube Podcast. We would love to interact and engage with you. Uh, and until next week, Natty, my friend, stay safe. You do the same. Enjoy the games, buddy. And sorry about the green machine. Well, hey, man. Green Machine, we are machining, baby.